0: Hello ninjas and ninjas, welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja digital marketing podcast. My name's Tim. I'm head ninja at Exposure Ninja and best selling digital marketing author. As you know, this show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. And in this episode, I'm very happy to bring you two of Exposure Ninja's very own pay per click ninjas. We have Lizzie, who is head of our PPC department. And we have Lenka who is a pay per click machine. And they've come to talk about what makes an effective pay-per-click campaign. So these girls spend their entire lives setting up, optimising and running pay-per-click campaigns for our clients. So there's not much that they haven't seen before in the world of PPC. So I was asking them things like, what are the common mistakes that people are making with their pay-per-click campaigns? So that if you're running PPC for yourself, then you can go in and make those improvements and, and improve the results but also things like what's the low hanging fruit. So when we take over a campaign, what are the areas we're going straight in with and generating some fast results. So again, if you're running your own, then then you can do that for yourself. Um, We also talked about how you improve the performance of a campaign over time. Because a lot of people think that when you have a professional pay per click manager handle your account, it's all about instant results and improve the thing immediately. And then that's as good as it's going to get. Whereas what we actually see consistently is that we're able to improve the effectiveness of their campaign over time, by implementing tweaks, and uh, kind of um, amendments, things like looking through search query reports, split testing, different ads, and landing pages. So Lizzie and Len could talk us through some of those optimizations that they carry out for campaigns too. So if you're running PPC ads, then this should be really useful because it'll show you some areas where you can improve those ads performance. If you're not running PPC, then it might interest you in giving it a test. Definitely worth doing. And of course, if you want some help with your PPC or any area of your digital marketing, then you can request a free review of your website and your digital marketing from us here at Exposure Ninja. So all you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review, fill in a bit of info about your business and your goals and then we will put together a prioritized marketing plan that you can follow over the next six to 12 months to improve the leads and sales that your website generates. So we put all of this info into a 15 minute video which we send over to you. It's completely free of charge, there's no obligation, and it's killer. So if you want that, then go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. But without further ado, enjoy the show with Lizzie and Lenka from the Exposure Ninja pay-per-click team. Lizzie and Lenka, welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Hi.
0: So we're going to go behind the scenes of the Explosion Ninja PPC team. You both obviously manage a lot of Google Ad campaigns, and you also review a lot of campaigns run by other agencies or run by clients themselves. Um, perhaps we could start by what, what are some of the first things that you look for to see if there's any low-hanging fruit in a Google Ad campaign?
2: Yes, we do a lot of account reviews and I must say that 90% of the time there is a problem with the conversion tracking. So therefore, the very first thing we always look at is how the conversions goals are set up because you obviously cannot optimize your campaign's performance if you don't know what is working and what isn't. So um, yeah, before you set your page, that's like, mm, make sure that you're tracking all possible goals on the website. And that the tracking is working correctly because obviously you can't measure the success of your campaign. You can't measure your um, return on the ad spend if you don't know um what is working.
0: So I have a question on that because uh, some of the time we'll see, for example, in Google Analytics, we'll see people tracking things like a certain number of page views or a certain amount of time on page. If these goals end up getting pulled through into Google Ads, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, what conversions should people be tracking in their Google Ads?
2: I mean, it really depends on your goals. Like, what do you want people to do on your website? So, like, if you are an e-commerce store, you would obviously measure um, how many sales your ads are generating. If you are a lead generation you would track your forms, et cetera. But um, when you're pulling your um, conversion data from Google Analytics into AdWords, you actually have an option to include or exclude in conversion. So you're still uh, in the main conversion action. So you still will be able to measure all of these, um, but it sort of wouldn't be included in your conversion reports, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so we can see it in the back end, but we wouldn't necessarily want to report on those things. They're just additional metrics that we can look at.
0: Cool. Okay. Are there any other first things that you'd look at?
1: Yeah, so one obvious thing is looking at how refined the keyword lists are as well. Um, and so we also look when we're doing our reviews and we see quite regularly that campaigns have not had a regular search query report uh, performed on them. So obviously this means that they've been fairly neglected, that we can spot a lot of negative keywords that can be added into the account um, to try and weed out the irrelevant traffic, because obviously that's just going to be spending lots of money in the account with very little return or no return in some cases. So yeah, it's definitely very important to look for.
0: So this is a campaign that has been set up to target a particular phrase and Google has been showing the ad for a certain amount of time or forever in some cases for a whole bunch of phrases that just aren't really relevant although they might be linked to that keyword right
1: yeah exactly so doing our search query reports we can then pull out the stuff that potentially could still convert. Um, So any incoming search queries that look relevant, and we can add them in. And then we can also add the stuff that's completely irrelevant as negatives, and save the account some money whilst also building on the, the good keyword list, I guess, and making sure that we've got the relevant stuff in there going forward.
0: Awesome. Okay, so moving away from low hanging fruit to common mistakes, particularly that say DIY and ad managers would make, um what what are some of the you know everyone with the best will in the world google ads can be a pretty confusing place particularly if you don't spend all your life in there like like you folks do so um what what are some of the mistakes that people might be making that they don't actually realize
1: um so again the kind of the main ones really is a lot of neglected campaigns so Search query reports aren't being done. Ads aren't being tested. Um, we ad- actually find that a lot of campaigns aren't fully utilizing the available ad extensions, um, and that can vastly improve the performance of an ad. Um, so making sure that they're taking up as much search search space as possible. Um, and then again, as Lenka said, the main one, the biggie, is no conversion tracking. Um, it's really important that we have that in there because there's just no way of us being able to see see what's going on and then make informed decisions after that so yeah they're kind of the main ones that we see
0: you mentioned the ad testing um how much should people be split testing their ad copy and is there ever a time where you'd say okay cool we've done all the testing that we need these ads can just run forever
1: no (laughs) (laughs) to put it plainly no it's never a case of just leaving them we always want to be doing it i mean yes once we've added new ads in we need to give it a period of time where we actually leave them to run by themselves um so that we can gather the necessary data and actually give them chance to you know to see some some kind of improvements in the account and to to test and switch things off and on where we see they're not working um But it's definitely never a case of that's it now. We're never adding any new ads. You know, new, new ad extensions and things come, become available all the time. So it's kind of just looking out for those things, but also just seeing if the competitors are doing anything different as well, looking out for changes we can make. Um, so we wouldn't want to be adding new ads perhaps every month. It depends on the size of the account or the campaign. Um, but for a small, a small campaign to leave things running for a little while is definitely, um, better but not to leave them forever even if they are working things change quite quickly in in, uh, google ads as well so yeah
0: and i guess like a one percent inefficiency might be tolerable over a month but if you that same one percent inefficiency happens over a year that's actually quite a lot of wasted budget isn't it
1: exactly yeah so we'd want to be yeah we want to be making changes sooner than that yeah definitely
0: so you mentioned going through search query reports and finding phrases that the ads are showing for that they shouldn't be i guess this ties into the the question that people often have is is okay so let's say that explosion and just going to take on my ads can you just get my campaigns optimized and then leave it and then i can just you know it's just like planting trees right we had someone go and plant our garden and then they don't need to come here every day and you know make sure the flowers are growing so is ppc like that where we can just leave the garden to grow and just make sure that google doesn't like turn off all our ads or delete everything
1: sadly not no um there's always changes you should really ideally be making at least a good overview of the account once a week doing an sqr once a week checking the ads doing use or use usual- your normal checks to ensure that everything's working properly. But also, more importantly, competitors change all the time. The You know, the industries change all the time. We need to be looking out for that kind of thing. So even if you were to set up a really, really good campaign that you know is fully functioning and converting nicely, it doesn't matter. A year down the line, if you left that, it would just become stale. People would overtake you. You, you need you need to be able to keep on top of these things otherwise you're just throwing money into something but not actually seeing that it's it's fully optimized for the best conversions possible you need to continue to to keep keep it updated
0: to keep watering it keep dumping in some fertilizer and occasionally do some pruning (laughs)
1: exactly
0: so talking about like the day-to-day week-to-week management of a campaign What are some of the ways that you would look at increasing the performance of that campaign beyond just saying, okay, now it's working, let's just pile in like five times as much money? How do you improve a campaign without necessarily going straight for more budget?
2: So you definitely uh, need to log into your search terms and see how people are searching for your services. And then include these terms as keywords, include them in the ads, include them on your website. So people instinctively understand, yes, this is what I need. This is what I'm looking for when they see your ad or when they see your website. And so, for instance, we had a client who was based in very niche business to business industry. And they were really insisting on using the industry keywords. But then when we set the campaign live, we realized that no one is really searching for these keywords because they were very specific. And um, so after one month, we changed the campaign structure and we added a bit more general and sort of like keywords and that the, the conversion skyrocketed. And actually the client's feedback was that they never had so much business. So. And another big thing is obviously the quality of your landing pages, um, which is super important. So you can have the best ad in the world. But if your landing page is a scrap and um, no one really will buy for you. So you will experience high bounce rate, low time spent on the site. And at the end, you will just end up wasting money. So I would say actually the website optimization would be number one priority. And and there are, again, different things that you can look um, into a part of um, optimizing your site and your ads and keywords. So you can look into the um, locations so if you are, for instance, a national business, check where your orders or inquiries are coming from. So sometimes you might see that 70% of your orders are coming from London, but you are advertising in all UK, which means that your budget runs out and your ads are not shown in the locations more likely to convert.
0: And are you saying that even for a business that isn't like a local company, you're just saying that sometimes, let's say, Exposure Ninja is advertising, we can work with clients all over the world but we might find that we're getting a lot of conversions in in London so we might choose to focus our budget there is that what you mean
2: yes yes exactly and um, we actually have a client who is um also business to business and the cost per click in their industry are enormous but I'm talking about like £10 a click, um, which is super expensive. Um, but their best performing location is London, which uh, tends to be quite expensive as well. So like in addition to these £10. So in London, it would be even more expensive. But because it was their best performing locations, we increased the bids on London by 10%, which increased the CPCs even more. But we could see better conversion rates for better cost per conversion in just two weeks' time. So, because more of the traffic, more of the budget was dedicated to London, they were obviously getting more inquiries. um, And it turned out that it was more profitable for them, even though they were paying more. But, you know, like they were getting more um, in in return.
0: That's awesome. I, I want to just ask you, you mentioned landing pages on the website. Um, and that being a really important element, I think people, there can be a, quite a, a tendency to overlook the importance of a landing page or a website in the in a Google ad campaign performance, you might say, well, You know, it's it's not converting the way I'd like or I want to get my CPA lower, but don't actually really look at the the page that the traffic is going through to. Have you got any suggestions on how people can identify whether it might be a Google ad issue or a landing page issue, which is causing their results to be less than they would like?
2: Um, so I would say if, um, if your organic and direct traffic or any traffic, social media traffic or email traffic isn't converting, then the solution really is not to send a lot of paid traffic there and hope that it's going to convert. And it's obviously a problem with the website. If if you're not getting any conversions from any channels, then, you know, the solution, PPC will not be your solution. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that would be the first sign, really. <laughs> um, That's a very good there. point.
0: Very good point. There's nothing massively different about Google ad traffic to organic traffic, except the keywords might be less targeted, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we would hope that we would have them targeted enough that (laughs) we wouldn't have that issue. So yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Cool. What about the importance of campaign structure? Because I know one of the things that you do when uh when we bring over a a campaign that's been running for a period of time is sometimes you will reorganize the ads you'll put them in different ad groups you'll put them under you know campaigns and stuff what are you doing there and, and what's the goal with that kind of campaign structure reorganization
1: um it's really really important to kind of have your google ads account set out the same as you more or less to reflect the website or landing pages um so doing that you can make your ads keywords and well obviously ad groups and campaigns as targeted as possible to each individual landing page so having them just in that I know that it seems like a a bit of a much of a muchness but it's really not when it comes to to structure because you can then see exactly what's working and you can make really informed decisions about what you keep what you get rid of what you change um it's just really important to have have your your keywords and ads structured in a way that absolutely reflect the landing page that you're targeting um and you can then be as granular as possible with it as well um being granular generally means that you're more likely to get more out of it but also like i say you can you can change things around as faster as fast as you need to because you can see exactly what's working straight away
0: so Gonna give you a live example to really put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's say that we've got a plumber, cause everyone can relate to plumbers or, or plumbing company and they've got a services page. Uh, and underneath services, they have boilers and then underneath boilers, they have boiler installation, boiler repair. Like how would you, let's say we were running some ads for the boiler repair side of things. So say they got services underneath that boilers underneath that boiler repair how would you structure that campaign to maximize quality score and uh and and have it make sense does that make sense
1: yes
0: <laughs> 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 so would would the campaign okay we'll talk through the answer and then and then we'll do it so would would the ad group be boilers or would the ad group be boiler repair and then you would have different ads underneath boiler repair
2: i think it depends on the goal as well so if the client um like and and the budget so if the client only has like five pounds a day then you can show them all in one campaign and like have several ad groups um but if the client has more money and he was like, oh, I want to know, okay, so I want to spend, let's say, 20 pounds on boiler repairs and, um, 20 pounds on emergency boiler. Then you can sort of separate them into different campaigns. So like you dedicate the budget to, um, to each individual campaign so you know how much you're spending on each, if that makes sense. Because if you have it in one ad group, you still will know how much you're spending, but you can't really control how much money is divided into each ad group because they live in one campaign. So because the budget is – you give the budget to – you give campaign a budget which is then split between the ad groups.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, ideally they would have enough budget that we could, yeah, have the one campaign for each topic but then have – A number of ad groups that reflect specific groups of keywords then lead to that one page, depending on what sort of things you've got on that page already. So we really, in terms of stuff like this, it's quite difficult for us to say we can give an overview, but it may, we may decide as we look at a page that actually our first initial thoughts were one thing, but we may decide to go more granular with it. Or like Lenka said, if they've not got much, not enough budget, then we would, you know, scale it back a bit and not, not be quite so granular.
0: So you've both been responsible for some fantastic campaign turnarounds. That's the sort of thing we love, turning a total dead loser into a winner. And Perhaps, uh, Lizzie Olenke, you could run us through an example and describe what you did.
2: Uh, yes. So, for instance, we had a client who came to us and they were already running their text and shopping ads for years. Um, but they just couldn't reach their target CPA. Their target CPA, uh, target cost per acquisition or cost per conversion, uh, was £4.50. When they came to us, their target CPA or the CPA that was actually on the campaign was 9 to £10. So the objective was actually to decrease the cost per conversion uh, by half. So... <laughs> Um, we removed loads of underperforming products and products with low margins from their shopping campaigns. And we paused all non-converting keywords in search campaigns. We were really ruthless with everything in that account. Um, so everything well, wasn't working, just, you know, we removed it. <laughs> um... And then we waited until we collected enough conversion data and we applied target uh, return on ad spend, automated bidding strategy on the shopping ads. And we started with the low 300% target um, and kept decreasing it slowly. Um, I think it was bi-weekly. And after several months, we reached 1,200% return on the ad spend. And with the cost per conversion just under three pounds, um, which was actually better what client aimed for, what client asked for. So um automated bidding strategies can work really well if the website is op- optimized and there is enough conversion data. So I think these are really, um, really good things to try.
0: That's fantastic. That's ridiculous. Less than three pounds from... 10 pounds to start with. So is that target return on ad spend or target ROAS Is that an automated bidding strategy that you'd use often? I think the perception with, with automated is, is rubbish, particularly if you're used to the, you know, like matchcraft and stuff like that, whether you have automated ad management, you're kind of like, Oh my God, the robots are useless, but this sounds like it's not a useless robot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they work really well. Actually, don't they? We have some, re- we've had some really good results with them. Um automated bidding strategies um you have to make sure so for some of them you have to make sure that you've well for most of them, you have to make sure you've got enough conversions coming in, in the first place um, and you have to like Lenka said you have to do things really slowly and leave it to run um as you need to let google's kind of ai take take time to learn and um, but we have had some really good experience with them so far when we keep pushing for more
0: awesome love the turnarounds have you got any more
1: Yeah, so we had uh, another London-based solicitor um, company that came to us with some existing campaigns they were running. Um, So we did a thorough account review for those and decided to set up a brand-new campaign, um, as we mentioned before, which better resembled the website structure and also advertises the client's services better. Um, So we created some new ads um, which promoted the client's tone of voice better and had a clear message, and because obviously as the the ads are the first brand communication that the potential clients will encounter, so it's necessary that they represent a sense of confidence, trust and reliability, especially in a client like this. Um, So as the competition is high as well, obviously it's a London-based solicitor, so keywords are super expensive, um, sometimes reaching over £8 per click. We needed to obviously make sure that every click to the site is as relevant as possible. Um, so we continuously optimise the account, improving and strengthening the negative keyword list. As I said before, it's super important. Um, and within three months of our management, the client recorded a six hundred percent more conversions when compared to the previous months when awesome. they managed their own, um, yeah, their own campaigns. So once we had enough conversion data as well, we actually decided to run an experiment on on these guys. Um, so we targeted the the campaign um, cost per acquisition with fifty percent of the traffic. Um, and we found this, this actually worked really well. So we decided to test having the campaign, um, targeting the CPA across all traffic, um, for one month. But interestingly enough, we actually found that the target CPA works a lot better when only targeting 50% of the traffic. Hmm. Um, and we, as we'd received such good results with it, we've decided to apply the same to some other clients as well, which are continuing to have really good results. And our Google rep actually, after I spoke to him about it, um, he found it really unusual but obviously saw that it was working and went away and told some of his other clients to (laughs) test it on theirs as well um so yeah insider knowledge
0: (laughs) interesting interesting so set a target cpa across half of your traffic but we found that it wasn't as effective across all of the traffic yeah
1: Mm. it's really it really interesting i've never seen it before but it's actually working really well on like three or four of our campaigns now so (laughs) keeping with it cool
0: I guess that's one of the things with PPC, you don't, um yeah, you, you've got to look for these pockets of, of high performance and relying on like best practice or just saying, oh, we probably should do this is it isn't always the thing to do is it? it's about looking and, and treating everything with, a, I guess, a bit of skepticism, always thinking, what are the opportunities? How can we improve what's working well? And how can we do more of it, but not not becoming kind of lazy about it?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's all about testing and just, you know, looking for these opportunities. Like you say, um, just that one thing can make so much of a difference. Um, yeah, super.
0: One of the questions that come from mostly when we're doing shows and and out meeting people in the big scary real world is (laughs) a question of budget. Like Mm -hmm. what's the minimum ad budget people need to be running with? Obviously it's going to depend on their industry and, and how much the CPCs are, but What's the minimum sort of budget that an ad campaign needs to work? And how does performance of a campaign change when people add more budget?
1: Um, budget, yeah, is a really important factor. And like you say, it does differ from industry to industry. Um, and it really depends on like the competition, like the so cost of keywords. Um, but it's really important to try and find a sweet spot for it. So sometimes even just like an extra pound can make the difference between a profitable and an unprofitable campaign, as as weird as that sounds. Um, But we have had several examples of how low budgets can negatively influence a campaign. So it's important to remember that budget isn't like a linear proportionality. And if if your campaign isn't working with £10 per day, it doesn't mean that it's not going to work at all. Um, So we do get a lot of people who say, oh, we'll put £10 on per day. And if we see that it's working, we'll increase it. But The problem is it might never work with £10 per day, but with £20 a day, you might be able to see Mm. a positive return on ad spend from day one. Um, So we highly recommend having the ability to be able to experiment with the budget if possible. Um, In general, larger budgets do allow you to bring in more people to the website, of course, um, and then we can test different keywords, different bidding strategies locations, times. um, You'll be able to collect better quality data a lot faster um, if you have a larger budget. Um, However, if you're setting a campaign up for the first time yourself, I would probably start with a smaller budget whilst you're learning about the platform and its potential. Um, But if you're having management and you've got people that know exactly, you know, what's going to work from the offset, then I definitely recommend with trying to be as flexible with the budgets from the beginning as possible. Um, just to get that, that information so we can, we can optimize things better quicker. Um, yeah.
0: I guess it's a, it, it's a compromise between just going in and saying, right, I've got 100 grand left in the business bank account. Let's just pile it all into Google ads immediately which obviously the campaign isn't going to be as optimized as it could be also lizzie i just want to call you out for your use of linear proportionality that's excellent work uh some well-needed eloquence in the explosion into podcast so thank you for that um but yeah <laughs> so there's always going to be a compromise between um just dumping everything in and and taking things a little bit more slowly but i guess you're saying not too slowly i suppose it makes sense if you think that. uh ppc campaign is like lots of pockets of different combinations of ads keywords and landing pages and you're looking for winners and if you've got a fairly small budget obviously you're not going to be getting enough data about each of these pockets to to spot and back those winners i suppose
1: yeah exactly um yeah there's lots of things obviously that will affect it but budget can just be a hit or a miss and this is the thing like i say it's just about finding that that sweet spot, and until we we test these things we we're not gonna know, yeah, I mean because if you've got a very limited budget and high cost keywords those those keywords that we're we're targeting could be super targeted, but you might only be able to get four or five clicks per day, and then yep. it's gonna take us a long, long time to to get to where we need to be because we're not we've not got the chance to get there quick enough we've not got the chance to find the data the necessary data so yeah it's definitely trying to be as flexible with it as you possibly can in the beginning um whilst we see what works it it may be a case that we don't need as much um (laughs) it happens all the time it's just being able to to find that out i guess
0: good point well made cool let's talk about quality score how important is quality score and the million dollar question how do you increase quality score (laughs)
1: um it's very important um so quality scores so it's obviously vital in getting the ads shown um in good positions so all of the elements of the campaign actually relate to each other um so ads in the top positions are then seen by more people um which would increase the expected um ctr click-through rate which is an element of the quality score um furthermore obviously Good ads and keywords in the ads or using keywords from the search terms can definitely improve the ad quality, which will, again, improve the CTR and the quality score. Um, As I mentioned before, landing page relevance is also massively important. So ensuring that your ads always point to the most relevant page on the website. Um, So, again, selecting keywords carefully and including them in the ads and on in the website copy too. Um, And also the maximum keyword bids are essential here. As you'll need to bid similar to your competitors to try and increase your ad position. So kind of in the long run, I guess a good quality score will help you show your ads in the top positions and keep your cost per click, clicks low. So your ads can show above your competitors, even though you'll be paying less. Um, so for example, we had an estate agent client in central London, mentioned London a lot, I know, but, um, <laughs> who used to pay £2.50 to £3 per click. Um, and the ads, were shown in third position. So the CTO was running about around two percent. Um but our improvement in ad copying keywords meant that the ads are now always shown in the first position. So the CTR is now averaging at five percent and they actually pay less than what they pay before. So they're now paying about one pound eighty seven per click. So wow. um it's a good decrease for them as well. But obviously to have those ads up there and the CTR is better. So it all kind of all kind of ties in.
0: So I guess from hearing that then, I'm assuming you'd recommend that people start fairly conservative in their ad campaign rather than just paying whatever it costs to get position one in the Google ads, probably work on increasing quality score over time. And and then that position one will become more and more affordable and economically viable.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Can't <laughs> me I've got there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. yeah, yeah, absolutely right. All these things will you don't want to throw money at it straight away, but yeah, all these kind of elements so it will all help to get you to where you need to be. Um and like say lowering your costs eventually as well and getting better quality traffic coming through.
0: Okay, let's talk about e commerce. Um A big thing that we've seen over the last, whatever, two years or, or something, or I don't know how long it's been, it feels like it's been forever, is the Google Shopping ads PLAs. And a common question from e-commerce owners is PLAs or text ads, which are going to work best for me? What do you guys say?
2: So if this is an e-commerce website, I think, um, well, I think I'm sure we would uh, always choose shopping ads over the text ads for e-commerce website because they work really, really, really well. Um, you need to think about it that clicks from shopping ads can be considered more valuable because the visitors already see the product, they see the price, they see the vendor, uh, if there is any special offer on, they can see vendor ratings, product ratings, and all this before even clicking through to the website. So it can be said that people coming to your website from the shopping ads are already interested in your offerings. It can be said that they are like, higher quality traffic. Um, You can also see exactly how much revenue is each product generating, which means you can advertise only the best performing products with the best margins to maximize your um, return on the ad spend. And another thing, um, which is really important, shopping ads are super great option for large companies with large inventories because you can easily set up an ad for each of your products. Whereas if you have a search ad, then you would have to, you know, if you want to advertise each of your products, you would have to have like hundreds of different search ads. Mm-hmm. And so this is really manageable. Um, so we would um, choose both search and shopping ads in case, probably in case you are business to business um, and, or if you have um really large budget. But from personal experience with SMEs, I um, certainly recommend shopping over text.
0: And you mentioned the length of the offers. I know you're, both of you are quite keen on, on running offers if an ecom business is doing shopping ads. Why, why are they so good and, and what sort of offers do people need to be offering in order to see improved click-through rate, for example?
2: Um, so um, offers are great because it highlights your ads. So if you have let's say three ads for the same product from different vendors and one of them says "Special offer," and it, you are more likely to click on it, plus um, the ad appears a bit like highlighted, you know <laughs> it's uh, mm-hmm. more visible and offers um, you can offer like a free gift um, let's say if somebody spends twenty five pounds, you get a free free gift. Or you can run percentage percent percentage discount. So, um yeah, if you, if you spend over £50, you get 10% off or there is 10% off on uh, this product. Today, you can run the offers um, how long you want. So, like, one month or one year or two days. Um, yeah, so... Yeah,
1: this gives you the edge, doesn't it, over the competition. Um, really, like length said, really highlights the ads and um, they do they do tend to perform better once we've got the offers showing
0: that's awesome I, I guess by offering something like a free gift you potentially don't damage the perception of your price and you don't have to cut into your profit margins and if you play it right the gift could be something that one of your suppliers has has given you free like a free trial of something or a you know i when i got katie's advent calendar for christmas from the whatever it was the I can't remember what the cosmetics company is. And then they just, when you're in the checkout, they let you get all these samples. And obviously the samples are there to make you purchase the products further down the line. So offer doesn't have to mean destroying your profit margin, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, if you think about it, um, if the product is, let's say 18 pounds your and you're running an offer for a free gift over 25 pounds or something, people, um, actually will add something. Addition to the basket. So you are actually increasing your margins because you're selling more. Um, so the cost, um, sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no, it makes complete sense. Basically offered, you should never lose money because of an offer.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: um, so we're recording this in the new year. Uh, we've just passed Christmas, which is crazy PPC season. Um, as everyone kind of piled into into ads to try and snap up as much of the seasonal traffic as possible. Just to wrap up the show, um what would you whether it's Christmas or Valentine's Day or Easter, what, what sort of recommendations would you have for advertisers if they're impacted by some sort of seasonality? Because the question is often, yeah, but CPCs are going way up. So we can't afford to compete there. But at the same time, we need to compete there. Like, h- how do people think about this?
1: Um, yeah, so definitely if you've got a small to medium business to client and e-commerce site, we definitely want to start planning for Christmas, perhaps towards the end of summer. Um, so it seems like quite far in advance, but it's really not. It just means that during that time you can ensure that the website's well optimized for conversions, that all the tracking's working correctly. Um, again, you can come up with some really unbeatable special offers, um, And ensure that the ads are well optimized, too, so that you're advertising the most profitable products and collecting product reviews and so on. Um, So in the beginning or the middle of November, the latest, we would then ramp up the budget so that we can make the most out of perhaps like the Black Friday week. Because we've also got that to think of as well um, and then keep things running until Christmas or maybe into January to maximize the sales.
0: So get your stuff in order. Get the conversion optimization in place for product reviews, product images, offers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're well prepared. Sorry, Lenka. Yeah.
2: Um, no, I just wanted to say that I totally agree. Um we had several clients before who came to us in like beginning of our mid November trying to maximize profits on Black Friday and Christmas sales. And there just wasn't, there just wasn't enough time to set everything up and optimize the campaigns to provide the return that they would like. Mm. So,
1: it's, you know what, it goes hand in hand with, um, clients who have the peak season in summer as well. So again, we want to make sure that during the, the winter months that we're optimizing the campaign and making sure that the website's fully, fully ready for conversion, um, ready for the summer. Um, so we could also work on link building and SEO. So obviously then that's ready for summer as well so that the organic positions have improved. Um, and if you're also working on the website, your quality scores should improve with that. So we wouldn't want to also recommend turning any ads off during the low seasons um, because you can still collect really valuable data so that then when the peak season obviously hits, uh, we're ready for it and we can just increase the budgets because we'll hopefully by that point be confident that the campaigns are going to be well optimised enough for conversion and that we should be able to see and uh, achieve a positive return from it. So.
0: It's a very, very good point. Very good point. Yeah, because the, you know, the boiler engineers to have to tie everything always back to plumbers, but the boiler engineers always want to turn their ads off in, you know, Mm. March and April, but people's boilers are still breaking down in those times. It's just, there's no one competing for those phrases anymore.
1: It's true. Yes, people still need hot water, I'm sure. So yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) absolutely right. Yeah, we don't want to be turning stuff off as much as possible.
0: Guys, cool. thank you so much for joining us. It's always a delight to head into the PPC department and get sticky behind the scenes. So thank you so much for uh, for giving us a bit of a tour.
1: Ah, yeah, thanks for having us. And thank
0: you, thank you everyone for tuning in.